Yo, 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 what's up, Muthanomics peeps? This is Muthanomics episode 51 coming to you from the uh, semi-spacious basement of my casa in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, today is a very special podcast. It's actually a, an historic podcast because it's the first podcast in Muthanomics history that has a real live person on the other side of my massive four foot eight, um, four by eight desk. Um, and it's also, we're going to try this, we actually may end up recording a second episode if this fails, um, but it's actually an official podcast episode for my good friend Yuri Hakola's podcast as well. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So. Uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, this is amazing. Um, it's incredible to be here. And uh, we'll see how this goes. This is going to be fun. So Yuri and I go back to the early 90s. Um, we were doubles partners in the land of tennis. I've spoken about some of my tennis exploits in previous episodes. Yuri and I ended up playing doubles together, um, for about four years in the juniors. Um, we kind of parted ways late nineties. Um, I ended up moving, moving into church land. Um, he ended up moving out to California and we kind of lost touch for like 20 years. Um, pretty, pretty much, yeah. And then out of the blue, um, he ended up moving to St. Pete a few years back, and we were obviously in Tampa, and we were able to reconnect that way. So that was kind of random. Um, I don't yeah, know. I don't know how you want to. Yeah, I mean, it's super random. It, it's like it, the way that it happened was kind of um, you know universally correct in the sense that you're like, hey, this makes a lot of sense. Remember me? And how did we end up in the same like geographic? area when there's so many places we could have gone yeah. especially considering who we were yeah for you sure know? yeah yeah i remember being on instagram and it was like suggested followers was yuri hakola and i was like how on earth does mark zuckerberg know that i'm somehow attached to to yuri hakola and i clicked on the picture and i was like he's like geotagged that thing st pete beach and i was like what and we started we started instant messaging so it was or direct messaging it was pretty cool yeah, yeah, that's exactly. It was it, it was wild to see that you were there. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I think I had actually searched you after that and was like, how is this possible that I was in Tampa like you're twenty in minutes Tampa. away? Yeah, it was pretty yeah. nuts. So I know we kind of briefly spoke about doing this episode together and just sort of spitballing, and we had a couple questions back and forth for each other. So my first question is, I was just curious how you remember us meeting back in the nineties. How do I remember meeting? Man, I mean, I think it's like one of those crazy stories where it's like, look, we were playing tennis. Um, it's definitely through tennis that we met because there was no other way that we would have connected otherwise. And it, I remember the way that we met um, being, I think, through High Point, or not High Point, but um, ATC, the Albuquerque Tennis Complex, mm -hmm. that kind of like concrete walled in place where the yeah. Boltons were playing and, yeah. and, uh, and there was a tournament there, I think probably around 12s, 14s. That was the one where the backcourts had like two feet of space on the, on the sides, on the sides and yeah. you could like run people into the fence with like nothing, especially on the backhand, especially yeah. on the, on the ad side on some of the courts <laughs> was like nothing. It was like the, the, the net and the fence and it wasn't a fence. It was a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those courts, man. Yeah. If you got into the consolation draw, you got thrown onto those back courts. Every time. Yeah. And you had to be like a top four seed to play on the front four courts where there was actually space. Yeah. Or a, or a student. Or oh, a yeah. student. Yeah. Student paying hundreds of dollars a month. Right. Yeah. Right. Which we obviously 
weren't, didn't, weren't doing. So yeah, that's funny, man. I forgot about TCA. Ocho. Do you remember Ocho, the coach? He was like, Oh yeah, I loved Ocho. The South American, like Mellow. Tall, drove a Corvette, like told me to watch Ram- uh, Rocky. He was like, you got to watch Rocky. You can't play tennis unless you watch Rocky, which yeah. my father-in-law hates. My father-in-law thinks I'm a moron for liking Rocky, but I love Rocky. Who doesn't like Rocky? I mean, like, it's crazy. Like, how can you not get into it at least a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's kind of that weird American story where it's like, you need to be beat down to death before you succeed. Yeah. And the perseverance of work, I know you appreciate that a lot. That's like kind of one of, your, one of your ethics. Yeah. And one of your ethos uh, driving, um, you know, personality traits. And Rocky's, you know, all of that. It's like, I'm going to train, train, train on my own and overcome the odds and uh, somehow in the end kind of just make it through as the champion in a sense. Yeah. And train in unorthodox ways, like beating up like cow carcasses in the freezer and stuff like to get his knuckles tough. And he had that odd job where he was like an enforcer for that mob guy. He like went around like broke knuckles and stuff because the guys weren't paying him debts. So I'm not saying we need to break knuckles, but like he just made it in unorthodox ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how we met. I mean, so we... Yeah, speaking of that, it's like, I think, you know, to go back to the first point, as I think we actually bonded initially on the ping pong table there. They had the ping pong table there Dude. in that like little room that yeah. was like kind of like right off. It was right the next to the restaurant. Court thing. one, two, yeah. or whatever those were, like right off of there. We had epic yeah. ping pong epic battles. Epic ping pong battles. Yeah, epic I remember ping this. ping pong battles. Oh, you're right. And I, I mean, I had owned the table and previously Beam and Bolton were like the best and you yeah. and I doubled up on ping pong yeah. and crushed them in doubles. Yeah. And I was crushing singles because I had a table at my house. I remember that. And um, it really equalized a lot with tennis because, like, I wasn't as good or well-known. And right. I don't think you were either. We were no. kind of like these, like... Yeah. It was I like mean, 12 and 14s. Like, 12 and 14s was kind of like we were still cutting our teeth. Yeah, we didn't know yeah. what was going on. Yeah. We yeah. didn't know what was going on. As yeah. a matter of fact, I think I, the first tournament I went down there, when I really met you, I had traveled down with the Surrettes. I don't even remember the Surrettes, but there was Surrettes. Isaiah and Ajna. I remember Ajna. I remember yeah. that. I remember Ajna. I don't remember yeah. his last name was Surrettes. Yeah. Okay. He They're, won. He was like he won like state doubles title or something, or maybe no. No, no? they, they okay. actually were just. So they were members at the club that I was a member of, which was Algonquin, which was Algonquin. Okay. Okay. And um, I was training there, and their their family was just very uh, well to do, I guess, right? Like okay. their dad owned um, an import business, okay. importing Afghanistan, um, like a know, pure one, but Afghan stuff, Afghan stuff, okay. but legit, okay, right? Okay. Rugs mostly, okay, rugs, so and not like chintzy crap. It was like legit stuff, yeah, okay. fifty, sixty thousand dollar rugs and wow. things like that. Even at that time, okay, you know, and. Rumors always of like other things going on, right? Mm. Like, were they arms dealers? <laughs> you know, because it's like okay. we're in that era, right? Yeah. Like, it's the 80s, yeah. 90s, early 80s, yeah. late 80s, early 90s. And uh, we were, we were, um, I was friends with them and they were building their new house. And, and their house is like an Afghan palace, literally built out of stones and bricks by hand. In and the foothills just, of Santa Fe. Like, right. Okay. Foothills of Santa Fe. Um, Which is like prime real estate to begin with. Well, they were kind of offset downtown. They were more in oh, the hills. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense. Okay. Afghans yeah. and whatever. Yeah. It was okay. like a very, yeah. very um, nice area. Okay. They actually owned a ton of property and they built an initial home and then they had, it took them years to build the other home. Hmm. And Which was I rem- their palace. 
which was like their Afghani palace. Uh, absolutely. Okay. It still okay. is. I mean, okay. it, it, and it's gorgeous. Hmm. Hmm. It's unique. It's hand-built. Wow. Um, and it's got the vibe and uh, like the personality of what you would expect from... Something that's truly heartfelt. Okay. You know? So they kind of took you under their wing and were oh, like, hey, travel with us? A little bit. Tennis? I mean, I'm poor, right? Like, okay, I yeah. was the poor kid. My okay. mom was the tenant. My mom was a swimming instructor oh, that's right. at El Gancho. And yoga. Didn't she teach them? No? She didn't teach yoga? No yoga. Okay. Just no, swimming. Okay. Just swimming. Okay. And um, and I was only allowed in the club because the Cisneroses who owned El Gancho yes. were really hot on my mom, meaning that like they really loved her. her. Okay. And they were like family oriented. So okay. like we became part of the family. So okay. I was accepted into the club. Okay. I was kind of like a pseudo member. Got it. I don't know if it still runs that way there where okay. like, you know, employees are members. Yeah. Because a lot of places kind of shirk that. They're yeah. like, no, employees do not mingle with the guests. Yeah. Like yeah. this is not like the way it goes. Like two-tiered society sort of thing. Not yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah. And we were, so I was at the club all the time. Okay. And then I befriended the Surrettes and then I was, you know, playing tennis and good for whatever talent I had. I kept moving up. And so the Surrettes were, you know, they were like, we're going to do tournaments and this, that, and the other thing. So they kind of really got me into that traveling okay. outside of like Santa Fe and got weird it. local tournaments. Yeah, yeah. And them along with like Daryl Meacham, who was the coach back then. Okay. Yep. Tyler J. I I don't know if you remember him. I remember the like, name. Yeah. Uh, Ivan, uh, was it Ivan, um, God, what was his name? There was a, so there was a couple great players from okay. Santa Fe at the time that okay. Daryl had coached and he kind of took me under his wing. Okay. And then the Surrettes were training with the junior program there and it was kind of the beginning of junior programs in general yeah. in that yeah. area. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're in the mountains, like it's like. We're in the Southwest, but I mean, you know, there's not really a claim. It's mostly Phoenix, yeah. Texas, yeah. you know, but we're, we're they were making it and Daryl was good. If you haven't been to New Mexico, like literally it's Albuquerque, <clears throat> Santa Fe, and then just open desert. Yeah. I mean, that's right. pretty much it, right? And people talk about Taos and like, it's beautiful, but it's like not a big civilization. Well, Taos is kind of the modern Aspen. Okay. Yeah. That's a good, that's a way, good way you to know, it. Yeah. My point is that tennis wasn't like, it's not like a hotbed of tennis like Florida or SoCal or Texas. It's like pretty rural. Especially after living in both of those places okay. since then. <laughs> no. Well, when we were there, we felt like it was. Yeah. But New Mexico, Santa Fe was a place where Daryl used to run uh, like our junior clinics. Okay. I used to, it's like that old adage, like I walked six miles from school <laughs> to get to tennis. Up to I did. Place. I went yeah. to a private school that was like miles away. I walked through the freaking desert. Hmm. Hmm. With my friends, like hmm. with no roads, hmm. no anything, just through the desert to just El Gancho, to, okay. which is off of outside yeah. of Santa Fe. Yeah. And my school was like a two mile walk. So it took me like 30, 45 minutes yeah. to walk there. Yeah. And then we'd show up even in like December, we'd scrape the courts off okay. and get to work. Did they have indoor then? Um, or is they, that later? Did, did, did El Gancho have a couple indoors later? Well, they did. They, they, yeah, they okay. do now, and okay. they did. They did right after okay. that. But like, okay. and even even at that time, they had just built the indoor courts. Okay. But the lottery for it was so strong oh. that all the members would buy okay. slots. Got it. Right. You had. I mean, it was like a big deal. You had. A, there was a big party. Okay. People put their. You know, their. It was a like numbers oh, in a hat so, kind oh, of deal. Names okay. in a hat. Pull okay. them out. Okay. What's what slot do you want? And then how you pay for it. Right. Oh, and so it was interesting. It was a political war, okay. at, like within tennis. Yeah, yeah. And it was also like, you know, a lottery affair. Okay. 
And, and like most um, things, and they would get bought up. Like the slots yeah. would get bought up. I was gonna say in tennis, money is always always wins. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and there's alliances and shit. So yeah. like guys are like, well, our doubles team, and they they'd be like, well, we'll let's pump pump it up and get all the names in, and like our group of ten dudes who's good at <laughs> tennis, and then like politically sway people. Like and, and afterwards, for the, and for the casual listener, these are like tennis hacks. I mean, these are like middle aged old tennis hacks. Like no, they're not really good. They just have money and they just want prestige at the club. I mean, some of them were good. Some okay. of them were. Hey, There's even past pros there that were like oh, really? uh, past okay. 100, 100 okay. in the world pros. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, dude, it's still one of those boot. It, even though it's a mellow. Family-run club okay. with like a weird Santa Fe history. Yeah, it still had that like country club okay. thing. Yeah, even when I started there, you had to wear white shorts and white shirt. Really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Like still Wimbledon now. So how old were you when you started tennis? Did you start at the club? I didn't. No, I started with uh, I started with a couple other um, other weird little summer camp groups in, in Santa, Santa Fe? Fe, like City of Santa Fe. Debbie Romero, stuff. who ran oh, the yeah. Country Club, okay. um, yeah. was one of the first people that I, I really worked with, um, and I remember her her classes that we would take and like her okay. little summer program, okay. which she ran the Country Club. But at the time I took with her, we were at some random little tennis court like off of a road in Santa Fe. And we'd just show up, you know, she has a bus of basketballs and like, we'd get out there and play, you know, king of the court for basically two hours. Okay. You know what I mean? It was, this is not Nick Bulletary. We were not going to like, there was no, yeah, Serena's dad wasn't there. You were eight, 10? How old were you when you started? I was probably about seven. So at that point I was about eight or seven, but now that you mention it, tennis was introduced to me by my dad who started way late in life. Okay. Um, and he used to take me to this park called Saragota Park outside of Santa Fe, okay. uh, the College of Santa Fe. Yeah. And there was, there was some courts there okay. and I used to remember him and his buddies going out with their old McEnroe woodies. Okay. And the, you know, not before the, this is before the T2000. Yeah. Yeah. Before the black racket. Yeah. Yeah. That Dunlop. Um, the yeah. Dunlop the Dunlop. Special, yeah. That, yeah. The Dunlop yeah. special. Yeah. And, um, my dad and his buddies being out there hacking away is yeah. like, they're jewelers, okay. but they're like, we got to get some exercise somehow. Hippie. So, so that, that's an extra layer of interesting stuff to me because I knew that we connected over being poor in the right. tennis community, which is an odd fit. I mean, you know, yeah. you being poor in the tennis community is an odd fit. Like you're automatically kind of ostracized because all the spoiled kids show up and they're like, what are you doing here? But the fact that our parents, I think were both hippies, would you... It's fair to say your parents were hippies? I mean, they met on a commune. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't realize that your dad took up tennis later in life because that's what my dad did. He started when he was 29. He fell in love with Connors. He thought Connors was like the coolest guy in the world. And so he went out and he bought like the old Mac and Roe Woodies. Yeah. And he just was like, wanted to become like a tennis player. And that's how I got started too. He was like, dude, I love tennis. I love Connors. I love the image. I love the look. So the I, game, I didn't the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't exactly. realize that that's how your dad got you started too. Yeah, that's so funny. I was probably like five. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I was really lucky in the sense that like my parents being like who they were and whatever they were into is like whatever activities were going on in okay. Santa Fe at that time. Like okay. skiing, I started at like three. Oh wow! Tennis, I okay. started at like five. Okay. Like, Things that were happening, my parents gave me like a look at. Okay. Even though we had like very limited means. Okay. Um, especially comparative, right? Sure. Like, I mean, we're not, we're not in a third world country. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
you know, by all intent, for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like how we, how we were and what mm-hmm. we had, it was mm-hmm. very limited means, mm-hmm. but they really introduced me to a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I got introduced into tennis then. And I remember watching like the 1983, 84 matches at Wimbledon mm-hmm. on channel four, which was NBC in, in Santa Fe mm-hmm. in my dad's room when he was having PTSD attacks from, from Vietnam. Holy smokes. And his little handmade bed, I remember sitting in there in the wow. t- at the TV and then watching and then going out to our garage, taking a tennis ball and banging it against the garage for hours. For like therapy. Pretending I was McEnroe, right? Okay. Which is not a good guy to pretend like you should be <laughs> like. I mean, you can love him, hate him, whatever, yeah. but like yeah. his... I wish I had Djokovic as a role okay. model. I wish okay. I had Nadal. Okay. Um, but instead I got Mac, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is why I like things like Anthony Bourdain now, right? But it's okay. at the but it wasn't going to propel me to uh, to the level obviously that sure. that, that I was cuz what a weird role model. Yeah. Macron was yeah. a mess. He's a yeah. hot mess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. read I read both of his biographies this last year and they were really interesting. They were hilarious. I I laughed my head off in a few spots. Just his like sarcastic take on the tennis community. It, it yeah, well, that's a whole different story. So, but anyway. he's my hero. I mean, and I saw, and I, I did watch your podcast on it. So okay, yeah. you were like, if you like tennis, you'll love it. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't, yeah. like, yeah, you'd probably be a little bored. But, but Max, I mean, he transcends, and that's what yeah, made him does. great. Yeah, yeah, which is why he's in, it's why he's in Adam Sandler movies and commercials and Heineken, and I mean, he's just he just yeah. got a vibe and an edge to him. And he's a New Yorker. Yeah, like, and he doesn't care. Yeah, he's yeah. got his. He, well, I mean, I, I think he cares so much. Well, he, he doesn't, he doesn't care what he doesn't care what people think of him. I think. That's that's yeah. appropriate. Yeah. yeah. So so fast forward the st- the Starets the Sarets Sarets. So yeah. they invite you down to High Point or TCA. No, to, to, was to it TCA? TCA? Was that what TCA it was? TCA was where the Boltons were. Okay, I called it ATC. Albu- yeah. Well, yeah. Albuquerque Tennis Complex was that dive over by the UNM football stadium. Remember, there was the pit and then the UNM football stadium and then a little bit east towards the mountains, there was Albuquerque Tennis Complex. No, that's not what it was. This is the one that was like um, south of Tanawan and it was off of like... Um, Indian School. Indian School. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Tennis Club of Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, the, with the no room courts. Yep. So we, we met on the ping pong table. Yeah, which you I take totally Gibson and you just T-bone into yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, okay. right, yeah. 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 So right we, we met to... playing ping pong. Pache- right in Pacheco's, right? Isn't that the me- the Mexican yes, restaurant yeah, right there? Yeah, dude, delicious, the best. I didn't. We Cash were there, only. We were there this summer and I didn't go. Cash only. That's. I love that place. The best. So ping pong. I remember the. I remember the restaurant there, and I actually had a doubles partner. I think when we first met, um, and you probably don't know this story, but I actually reached out to him on Instagram last year and wrote him like a like a treatise apology. Oh, I um, thought it was a love letter. <laughs> <laughs> So my dad, um, he just out of the blue, he, Ilya and I had won. We started playing doubles together because he was a Romanian immigrant and he was poor. And so we connected because, you know, all the rich kids ganged up on us. And we played doubles together for two years and we won a tournament in Santa Fe. And then 1992, I remember we won the Arizona Junior Open, which was with a Southwest rated like 1.3 weighted yeah. thing. And in April, we... That sent your dad to the moon. Oh, dude. He was like... he was Yeah, he was crazy. He thought it was great. So we beat beat the number one seeds, Bolton and and Beam, Beam in the semis in a long three-setter. And they accused my dad of cheating. So my grandpa on my mom's side is deaf. 
And so I'm sort of fluent in some sign language, much more so when I was younger because I wasn't so rusty. But my dad would ask from the sideline, you know, he would make the sign for, do you want a banana or do you want water? And I'd say yes or no. Well, the Bolton and the Beam's parents thought that he was giving me like tennis coaching through signals. signals. Yeah. So they lost their mind. I mean, You're lost like, we're not their there mind. yet. Yeah. So they, they accused us of cheating and it, it just went over my head. I was like, what are you talking about? We're not cheating. Anyway, so we beat them. And then the finals, we beat Matt Cox and some other kid. I don't remember who he played with. Um, and so we won the tournament, which is a big deal. Like winning the Arizona, any, any Southwest made the thing's pretty big. It was huge. Dude. Yeah. Those are, those are big time points. And the Southwest is not a joke. No. Like no. it's, it's not Southern Cal. No. It's not Florida. And at the time, that Michigan area where Kalamazoo and all yeah. that stuff is, was yeah. a, is a heavy hitter. Yeah. But other than that, the Southwest yeah. is like yeah. right in there. Yeah. There's no other region that's yeah. like as strong. We went, so in, it was 16 and under my first year 16s, I got selected to the Zonals team and it's like 18 states go played in Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. And we got second. We lost to Southern Cal. So we beat the Intermountain District, Pacific Northwest. I mean, mopped the floor with them. So yeah. that's not an overstatement to say that the Southwest isn't a slouch. Like we, we showed up. We beat NoCal. Yeah. Um, we got smacked pretty good by SoCal. I mean, those guys were like former or future like Stanford. You know, they, those guys were good. They, well, they were solid. Yeah. 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 But anyway, so my point is. You got the like Roddick's in there and stuff. Like, yeah, it's yeah. real hard hitter. Roddick's actually Florida, which I found out later. He no, heard, I know. He oh, is, yeah. Well, yeah, Roddick yeah. moved with with um, uh, tall, skinny guy that just had uh, the depression issues, and and the and the newest uh, documentary Haas? on him. No, um, and also the sweetest guy ever. And I'm such a An huge American? fan. Yeah, and I I'm like really oh, Gibblestab. No, 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 no. no. Gibblestab had um, domestic violence. No, problems. way more mellow than Gibblestab. Gibblestab's great. I loved him. Okay. I remember the I remember the time Gimmelstab was actually on the cover of Tennis Magazine, okay. and I was like, I'm like, oh, was in awe of this guy. Hmm. I actually remember the first time I saw a Williams on the cover of Tennis Magazine. Okay. It was it was Venus with her braids yeah. and the beads, yeah, right, yeah, on the court. In I mean, I, we were into this is right around that same era, yeah. but but um, let me think of the he just put it. Out. Did he just retire? Or was he? Did he play a while back? He played super late in late in his life, and um, and there's a huge documentary on it. It's it's uh, like and it's a beautiful documentary. Like how, it's how about mental illness. How old um, is he? He's my age almost. He's like mid forties, early forties, yeah, like early forties, mid forties. And he played on the tour. Yeah, he just had his best run at like thirty eight. Um, like recently? Let me look. Uh, look, I'll let okay, me yeah, look it up. Yeah, look it up. I don't know why I'm blanking on it because, um, like, super, super fun to watch. So while you look that up, um, I'll finish the... I had a doubles partner and wrote a treatise slash love letter. <laughs> um, so out of the blue, after Ely and I had this success, out of the blue, my dad just one morning woke up and he was like, you're not playing doubles with Ely anymore. And I was like, why? And he's like, no questions asked, you're not playing anymore. That's crazy. And he was just like, you're done. We're not, you're not playing. Oh, I know why it was. I know why it was. His dad had offered me a job because his dad, um, they ran, they bought old gas stations and then turned them into Chevron franchises and Allsup's franchises. That's right. And his dad offered me a summer job to work the cash register at one of his, one of his uh, gas stations, the one that was like on San Mateo and, and I-40. And my dad flipped out. He's like, you're not going to go work at a gas station. You'll get mugged. You'll get shot. You'll get robbed. And I was like, I just want a summer job to work. And he was like, no. So after he offered me that job, my dad told me I could no longer spend any time with, with Elia or anything. 
So quit cold turkey. And I never told that to Elia. So Elia just thought that I like flipped on him bipolar and like hated his guts out of the blue. Um, so that, that's the impetus for why I wrote him last year. And I was like, bro, I said, I feel terrible about this. Here's the backstory. I was like, I was 14. My dad was like, dude, you can't play with him anymore. Um, so anyway, from there, it was like, okay, I need to find a doubles partner. And you were on the list of, of people that my dad approved. He was like, you can, you can reach out to Yuri. Because I think your dad and my dad somehow connected over jewelry at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My dad was a jeweler for okay. 25 years, goldsmith. Okay. Um, they're very much the same breed of okay. human, hmm. um, both hippies, okay. both uh, very, very smart. Mm-hmm. like Super uh, creative. Super creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, both engineers. Okay. Like my dad went to engineering school before Vietnam. Okay. Um, and uh, they really got along. Plus, like, you know, just in terms of economic status and like, fuck the world, like, here's yeah. our life. Yeah. Uh, they got along really well. And then I think what, what really swayed your dad was the match that I had with you at TCA. Okay. Right. We played on one of those crappy courts and I put you in the wall like over and over <laughs> and over again. And to be fair, like I beat you pretty, I beat you solidly. It was a good match. It okay. was a great match, but it was one of the best matches I had played to hmm. date. Hmm. To date. It was this, it was the quality of stroke you hit back. Hmm. Like for whatever reason, it hmm. just, it like, it synced with me and hmm. I was like, all right. He, like I, it just worked. It was hmm. like one of those times when you're treating out of your mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like for those that don't know, that's like a phrase which we were, we were bringing into light. It was just like treeing was like, you were out, like playing out of your mind. There Insanely was Insanely lucky. Lucky to the sense that like you just were swinging with your eyes closed and it just yeah. worked. Like Steph Curry, like hitting 12 threes from like half court. In the he, zone. He, yeah. In he, the zone. Yeah. Yep. Out of your mind. Treeing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I played so well. Hmm. So, I mean, it was just super clean. Hmm. It, and um, after that, we, we started playing doubles and we didn't stop. So you're going to laugh at me? I don't remember ever playing you in singles. It was a terrible... I mean, you wouldn't want to remember that match. <laughs> I mean, okay. I was... I really... I, I, dude, I'm telling you, it was like... I just... It was you whatever it was. It was you just, just... I mopped you. Okay. okay. And going in, you were a favorite. I think you were seated in that tournament. Okay. Like, not heavily. I think okay. you were like five or six. Okay. Right? But I was like... Okay. Out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, like... That's um, funny. And expected to lose, like just okay. totally expected to lose, and uh, and it actually, that actually ended up changing my, you know, my career in a sense. Okay. At that point, I was like, oh my god, I got confidence okay. for something because I'd actually finally felt some game, and it was on that terrible court. Okay, and I, I always knew that I was like, dude, but we're playing like so. I was using my backhand, and um, my coach at the time had really, really taught me to hit that topspin into the cross court. Yeah, the cross yeah. court. Yeah. And that just went straight into the wall. Yeah, there was no, there was nothing over there but fence. Just concrete brick. Wall. Yeah, a that brick, brick wall. wall. Yeah, yeah. It was literally concrete yeah. blocks. That's right. That's right. And, uh, the, into and the, the two interior courts, it was, it was chain link there's fence. There's a fence. That, and then but on that, the ad side, that, it was yeah. just a wall. Yeah. It was just a total yeah. brick wall. Yeah. And it wasn't far away. Yeah. And, I, and my, both my kick serve yep. and, and that were just that like spin. pushing okay. you in there. And um, you were pretty frustrated, I remember, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. We actually had like a really good, um, like a good handshake and everything okay. at the end, which was rare in juniors. Okay, yeah, most you remember that. I mean, oh, yeah. like you Birds, win a match, insults, it was like yeah, somebody might look track hand, down yeah, limp hand, lot. love you or whatever. <laughs> You're like someone's hating you yeah. or whatever. Like, but 
So was that the only time we played singles? I don't remember another okay. time we played yeah. in a draw singles. Interesting. Um, I can't. I really can't. Yeah. I feel like maybe we played one time at Lobo Club on the center court, but... I oh, that stadium court. Stadium, yeah. Yeah, I don't that remember stadium that. I remember playing JC Fulgenzi there. I played I played Juan Carlos there too. Do you did you? Yeah. Okay. I remember playing two matches there. One was the finals of some tournament, some summer tournament. I played JC on the stadium court. And then so after my whole like abandoning tennis and pursuing the church route, yeah. I came back from a mission trip from Nicaragua one summer and I hadn't touched a racket in like six months. Right. And I was like, dude, I got the bug to play tennis. Um, which is a whole struggle that I fought for like five, six, seven years. It was yeah. like people were telling me that tennis was like ungodly and it was like a wrong pursuit and I needed to stay focused on like ministry. And so that, that I wrestled with that constantly. If we brought Hannah down from upstairs, she'd be like, dude, he's like bipolar for those like five or six, five, six, seven years. But anyway, so I come back and I was like, dude, I've got to play tennis. So I, I signed up for this tournament and I drew some some guy from Europe who was, who was the UNM Lobos number one recruit for that year. Yeah. And they threw us on the stadium court. And I hadn't touched a racket in, in six months. And I went out there, and the first set, I was I was treating up. I just felt mind. it. I was yeah. like, I remember Play. how to play tennis. Yeah. Like, snap, it's, snap. it's front hit, belt high, and just swing. And then and, you remembered. And, and then, then I did. Yeah, I got up 5-3, okay, yeah. and I served for the first set. And this was something I really struggled with. And it's no surprise if people are listening, like Andrew Irving. I was 0 for 12 in singles against Andrew Irving. And I, I remember. And I blew. I can't even count how many match points I lost against that guy. I and, remember watching you and being heartbroken. Oh, it was awful. We were partners for yeah. half of yeah. those matches. It was awful. It was it was awful. And and it was mental blocks. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I could go into. I, I picked up a red book called Children of Alcoholics. And one of and you well, I mean, blame it on whatever you well, want. No. <laughs> you just could you double fault at like add out. <laughs> Like add in, you'd have an add in point after smacking your down the line backhand. Yeah, yeah. Being like boom, and him being pissed yeah. out of his mind, and then double fall, and you double. Yeah, and you yeah. double. Well, the worst one was when I dumped. A, he slipped and fell over, and I I dumped a yeah, volley dumped into super, the net on the yeah. tape. I hit a forehand volley in the tape. So I will blame it on children of alcoholics because what they what they say is that you carry this weight that you're supposed to fix your family. And when you realize that you can't fix your family, you, you sabotage. You just sabotage and, and you just have an expectation that I can't get over this success line. So you're just, we were talking about stocks earlier with right. support and resistance. Right. The resistance is too just, strong. It's too strong. Yeah. You, you failed in your family. You couldn't fix your family. Right. So you can't, you have to fail at everything else. Right. You so, can feel the elation to this point. But yes. But that's about but the, but the then, ceiling. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. you got to feel failure. Correct. There's hope yeah. of, you got to oh, correct it. My dad's going to stop drinking a case of beer a day. I feel that hope. Oh, it's 10 days later and we're back on we're back on it. So that sure. made a lot of sense to me when I read that. So I will blame it on that because I think so much in tennis. Yeah, because it gives you something to blame shit on. But like But but it also helps you grow because so much in tennis and as in life is is just going, "Hey, I want to get over this finish line. I'm going to get over the finish line." Right. So instead of playing to that hope level and then expecting the disappointment, since that, since I've digested that the last 10 years, I have not choked away a match. And I know it's like people are listening. They're like, dude, this is old man league tennis. Like, who cares? I mean, I've beat all I've, I've beat some people that I probably shouldn't have beat just because I get to that closing point, And I'm like, I don't have to be resisted at success anymore. Like I can I can own this and just go for it and win. So it's a, it's a, not a blame like makes me feel better. It's actually like a life thing that I've realized over the years. Um 
So you're 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 mocking me right now. You're like, dude, you're no, just, you're dude, just a choke. You're just a choke. No, I'm loving you for that because <laughs> I mean, I've struggled with that my entire life. Hmm. Like, I, that, I'm, maybe that's why we were partners. Right? Yeah, and like we had great successes. Yeah, we did, but yeah. we reached a lot of those points together. Correct. And we both kind of knew that we were facing the same kind of issue. Yeah, yeah. We and, were and, mentally, and, we just mentally like we had the capability and yeah. the the opportunity and the moments yep like together yeah that's the only way we were going to do it at that point yeah like singles was yeah. not i mean if i just looking back yeah because yeah. together yeah like we could support each other yeah through it i yeah. be like it's all good dude yeah. i get you I get and you. and you actually reminded me last time we were chatting that we actually beat irving yeah. In doubles. And I never remember that. I was like, I was winless against Irving. Irving's listening to this and he's like, dude, I'm living rent-free in Moosehead still like 25 years later. But, but, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. your choice. Yeah. That's but your choice. You, you reminded me that we actually had a win over him in doubles, which I totally, I never, I don't remember that. But then you mentioned it and I was like, oh yeah, we did. It was up in Santa Fe. And not only was the the win good, it was us. We smacked him down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we like it, we owned them, and it was like a good, it was a good, good match. That was a center court match, that little front yeah. court in, at yeah. San Grey de Cristo. Yeah, yeah. and cool. uh, yeah, it was a good, good match. And yeah. and uh, we played, and we also played a couple other, you know, we had some rivals back then, yeah, yeah we did. And uh, one of the things that I look back on, like just to enjoy, mm-hmm. is talking about the things you're, you know, you're discussing about like mm. inner failures and, and inner successes and like just the inner game of tennis. Yeah, which right? is your coffee's resting on that book right now. Or your drink, I don't know what that is. What are yeah, you drinking? Yeah, coffee. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's work juice. It's <laughs> work juice. Yeah. I'm at, I'm at the bottom of my snowman cup with coffee. Yeah. We're recording this at, set, at 6 p.m. So I'm drinking coffee and Yuri's drinking something. Yeah, work juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so real quick. So the second but match. But anyway, yeah, it, br- it really brings that up. Yeah. Because um, we had a, a number of those matches. Mm-hmm. I know Irving meant the most to you. Melendris mm-hmm. probably meant the most to me in a lot of the, the situations. Okay. And I remember choking against him. Mm-hmm. The mm. hardest I've ever choked in my entire life. It's one mm. of those moments where you look back and it's Lendl Chang French Open. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm Lendl. Okay. I'm in mad control of the match. Yeah. I own the guy. Okay. And I miss a volley at net for okay. like, I think it was even match point. Okay. And I end up losing like seven games straight and I'm out. Hmm. And it was at Conquistador Tennis Club in Tucson. Oh, I remember that. You were, you were like you were like despondent after that match. I remember that, dude. It ruined me. Yeah, it ruined me. I remember that. And I don't. It was maybe it was a point of resistance. Okay. Like I finally realized that I can actually do this. Yeah, yeah. Like here I am. I drove there by myself. I don't know if mm. you remember, but my dad just sent me. Okay. To Arizona. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> here, kid. You're in high school. Yeah. No credit card. Yeah. Just kid on the road to yep. Arizona, yep. seven hours away. Just drive there. Good luck. Yeah. 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 You're on the tour. So that was um, the, so the point of resistance for me playing that, that but it broke recruit me. was I got to five, three and it was like mental again. It was like, oh, there's your point. Of, you, there was your thing. There's your resistance. And I lost seven, five, six, three. Yeah. And the coach came to me and he was like, Hey, you did really well. Do you want to play tennis? And I was like, no, I'm working at church. I can't. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Talking about getting sent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like, this sucks. It was. It was a battle, Well, dude. God doesn't do that to you, right? Like, that, that's Correct. the coolest thing. Yeah. That's yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah. I he, can totally understand why you fell in love there. Like, and yeah. I was with you. Yeah. Remember, I, 
Here's a funny thing about us. I remember the high school party I took you to at my house. Oh, yeah. And I brought you down there. Yeah. And I think, and I could be wrong. You yeah. can correct me. Okay. But this propelled you towards the pastoral life yes. more than anything that you had done previous, even yeah. though you had one of the best experiences you'd ever had. Yeah. I kind of showed you the devil. Yeah. In a sense. 100%. If that's a good way to put yeah. it, I was like, yo, yeah. you want to see how this goes down? Yeah. And you were like, ha, ha, ha. And then I remember yeah. after that, you're like, I'm a junior pastor of the year. <laughs> and I, which I totally applaud you for. Yeah. yeah. So um, the, the, but, backs, the, the details on that are you invited me up for spring break. At yeah. the time, I was homeschooled. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was homeschooled in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and I was just looking out because I loved you, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. here's Muth, And you were like, hey, come Muth up. Burger. Yeah, Muth Burger. Come up to Santa Fe for spring break. Yeah. And my parents, being hippies, are like, yeah, whatever. Just, you know, yeah, go, go. Don't, don't die. Yeah. So I go up there. I remember that. And you were like, hey. And we did things that underage people probably shouldn't have done. Or no, that's what everyone was doing. Well, like, I should say that legally we were not permitted to do them, but everybody was doing it. Yeah, but everybody, so, like if you look at it now, like most of what we were doing is completely legal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you're right. So we, I was there for that week. Except and, for the drinking heavily. <laughs> and I made you drink. Yeah, you did. I made you well, drink. Well, and I remember... Uh, I peer influence you. Peer influence. Well, I remember a chick named Davis. Oh my God. I remember a chick named Davis. And how... That's so, a bad situation to so be in. I remember yeah. a chick named Davis, yeah. and I remember that she was on the prowl, and I remember that she found out I was homeschooled, and that I was like a virgin geek. And, and that's what her thing was. Oh yeah, and she, she was, was into like, like seances and like she was a weirdo. She, I mean, she was crazy. I mean, she was nice. Talk about showing you the devil, dude. She was yeah. into seances and yeah. doing this thing. Yeah. It was kind of against everything yeah. you were. So well, so at this point, I wasn't religious. So at this point, I wasn't religious. Like my, no, I know, my I know, parents, but I'm my, just saying. Yeah. We, we showed you, it's like yeah. being shown like both sides of the checkerboard, yeah. and you're yeah. like, yeah. My parents yeah. were raised Seventh Day Adventists, which is like a super strict kind of like super strict, like and it's all diet, like diet religion. Like if you drink a Coke, you're going to hell. You know, you can't. Yeah. You have to be a vegan, or you're going to go to hell. Um, so that was kind of my reference for religion, which was just like diet related, like drink soy milk and eat tofu and you'll go to heaven, you know? Yeah. So we go up there and Davis found out that I'd never been drunk before. So I remember she at one at your house, her, she came over and she was like, here, have some of this. It's hot chocolate, but it was Kahlua. She and, tricked me too. Yeah. Man. And so I sipped on it and I was like, this doesn't taste like hot chocolate. And she's like, no, no, no. Just keep going on it. And my tolerance was zero. So I have like half of this cup of like hot Kahlua milk and I'm like the loopy and dizzy. And then we ended up, you, I think you- That loft. Yeah, the loft. I think your dad had the house and then you walked outside in the courtyard and there was like a detached like guest house or something. Which was my room. Which and was, was the, the loft, loft. Which had like the old yeah. Indian style ladder yes. up to the yeah. So we climbed the, the ladder up there. Hip and hop blaring. Yes, like going crazy. And I remember before I got up there, there was a kid, I have no idea who he was. He was begging you. He was like- Yuri, please, I brought my own beer, but I'm done. I need another beer. He was just walking around. He was like desperately pleading to get, have more beer. And like literally 10, 15 minutes later, he was in that downstairs bathroom underneath your loft, just ralphing his guts out, just like puking uncontrollably. But he was yeah. still begging for more beer. So we get up in the loft and there was, I don't know, four or five of us, maybe six. And there was another girl up there that I don't remember her name. And somebody lit up a, a joint. And started Laura, passing. it was Laura, I think. It might've been. Which was maybe my girlfriend at the time. And she had a younger sister. No, no. Davis had the younger oh, sister, Davis which was Melissa, sister. who okay. I dated. Okay, okay. That was actually, the, I lost my virginity to her. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Davis's sister. Okay. But Davis, I met at a rave, my first rave ever. Okay. And okay. she did the same thing to me that she did to you. It was oh. like kind of preyed on me. She had this van. She took me into the van. And oh, wow. I was okay. like, you okay. know, feeling things I'd never felt before. <laughs> you know, we didn't sleep together, but it was like, I mean, it was incredible. I was like, wow. are you kidding? Where am I? This is amazing. It was, Interesting. Yeah. So we go in the loft and I remember the joint got packed. And I was like, I was super nervous because I was like, I don't know what to do with this thing. So I took it and I just, I put it between my lips. And, and I did you that. faked it. No, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So I, I was like sucking on it, but I wasn't inhaling any air. So nothing was happening and it was just slowly burning down. And the girl next to me, she got pissed at me. She's like, you're race, you're wasting it. And she just like grabbed it and ripped it out of my fingers. And I was like, oh. I think we made you smoke that night. Somehow. Oh yeah. You, you were, you, we shotgunned. No, I didn't shotgun. I only had the Kahlua and like a, a, an attempt on the blunt and it didn't work because I didn't and know what I was doing. Work. No, but I remember being super dizzy. And I remember trying to climb down that that old Adobe style ladder. Crazy ladder. And, and that I ladder fell. Was I got about ladder. halfway down and I fell off the ladder into your couch and your laundry. Yeah. And then I went back into the main house and I fell asleep in some bedroom. Yeah, just, there was two bedrooms. Yeah, there was two there. bedrooms by the ping pong table. Right, by the yeah. ping pong table. And I yeah. fell asleep and I was out. And I remember waking up and it, I don't know, it was like 9, 10 the next morning. Yeah. And, and this... These, this is the tail end of the story. I mean, there was like three or four days prior to this. Like, I don't know if you remember Keith, Keith Cunningham trying to get in a drinking contest with that football lineman at that house in like some swanky like subdivision up in the foothills. And he passed out on the back porch because he was trying to, you know, Keith Cunningham was what, 5'4", five, 5'5", five, right, five, right. weighed like 90 We pounds. could all handle though. I, I was doing that same thing with those peeps too, remember? Like, yeah, we played those yeah. drinking games yeah. where it was like... But Keith was going up against like an offensive lineman, yeah. couldn't take him. He passed out face down on the patio. The cops showed up yeah. and everybody scrambled and we were out in your red Toyota pickup. Remember you had that yeah. red Toyota pickup? Yeah. And I was like, what about Keith? And you were like, oh crap. And we ran back in, we picked up Keith and we threw him in the back of your pickup truck and, took and just took off. I bet he doesn't remember he that doesn't story. He doesn't remember this. There's so, no way Keith so, remembers that story. He was so, done. I hope. So, God, that's so amazing. The, we, what we that's did amazing. is we, we were like, well, we went to another party and this is like, you know, Santa Fe. We April. still got him in the trunk. <laughs> we do. It's Santa Fe April and he's in the trunk. He's in the back of your experience thing it's cold in santa fe in april like you know yeah, it's probably yeah. in the 30s 40s. we're in this desert so it's like one in the morning two in the morning and we're at some other some other house that's bumping you know tons of people there yeah kegger. and we're like where's keith and we were like you were like oh crap dude keith is so we we went there and we were like what are we going to do with him and he was out like he was passed out i don't even remember i'm and, so glad you, you oh, reminded dude, me in, of this because i remember it was now but so you, and I'm driving though. You were time. driving. And so you were like, you know what? We're just going to take him to the house. So yeah. we, we, we just like sink and fasten the furious it to his house. We pull up in front of his house. We get out and we just dump him in his front yard and just screech out of there. <laughs> and we just left him in the front yard. And the next morning, the next morning, um, this is a couple days before the whole loft and the joint and everything. Right. The next morning we're playing ping pong and your phone rings. And it's, it's somebody, and it might have been Keith's mom, somebody. Right. And they were like, you're never going to believe what happened with Keith. He had alcohol poisoning. His mom was on the phone all night. Where is my son? And she took him to the emergency room and pumped his stomach. Yeah. And they were like, bro, like you could have gotten like, you know, frostbite or, you know, whatever. So anyway, he went to the emergency room and got his stomach pumped. And I was like, and you just, we just laughed. We were yeah, like, we're like, we're like stupid Keith. Let's go what are you smoke doing? another blunt. <laughs> 
So that was, that was one of the things. So anyway, so after the loft, I wake up and I look up and the sun was coming in and this thought came over me and I just, it was, I just sat there and it was, that was the dumbest thing you've ever done. I know. I was and, there with you. And I got I, up. Dude, I sat with you. Yeah. And I knew. I yeah. knew. I was like, you know what? This isn't the life for Brandon. Yeah. I got like, up. He's got a different, he's got a different thing going on. And I, I saw you because you're such here's the thing. The reason I did that with you, even at that age, mm-hmm. right? I still do this kind of weird shit. Hmm. But the reason I did that with you at that age wasn't to clown on you. Hmm. It was, I was like in a place where I was like, look, we're at an age Mm -hmm. and I had an understanding where I can be like the worst peer influence to you, Mm. but the best friend and safest version Mm. because Mm. you could end up in a lot of worse situations and I can just show you this stuff. And I just knew immediately that you were, it wasn't, you weren't going to be like, Mm. you know, I was like, no, Brandon's definitely not going to be a meth head. Mm. <laughs> like this guy's definitely. Well, what I rem- what you I know, remember- you were you just you were just so nice, mm. and and it just made no sense. You're, mm. You, I remember you being like, "Hi," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and being like, and you being like happy and weird, but mm. also like in innerly kind of like terrified mm. because you were kind of like, why, like laughing about like why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. Like, what is the point of any of this? Yeah. Yeah, that's really what it was. Yeah. And I woke up that morning. I was like, this is the, du-. I, I literally said, that was the dumbest thing you've ever done. Yeah. Not like shame. Or no, anything. we were eating like, breakfast. You said yeah, it again. Yeah. yeah. And I came out and I remember there was still a couple kids asleep on the floor, like behind the couch and around the ping pong table. And I think you were eating granola or something. And I was like, hey guys, you know, I'm going to go home. And I went out and I got in my mom's gold 760 Volvo. And took off. And I just took off. And people are like, your mom drove a 760 Volvo and you guys were like poor. Um, it wasn't like, the 760 no, Volvo you think. No, it was not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I drove back. It was probably an hour back to Placidas. And I remember getting um, home. And I was like, I just, there was just this resolution of like, I'm never going to do that again. And I didn't know why. And yeah. I it wasn't religious. I just was like, I'm not going to do that again. And you didn't. I didn't. Dude, it's so strange to look back at that because I remember that so clearly. And looking back on it now, I didn't realize you weren't religious. Hmm. Because what I thought is that it just sparked the evolution towards your pastoral career, hmm. which was like the way you were going. Like the hmm. next thing I hear from you mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later or yeah. whatever. It was, it was, is, um, but it was you know, little, yeah. whatever, yeah. like the yeah. next, you know, yeah. as time passes. Yeah. yeah. Um, was that you're, yeah, I mean, you're like pastor in yeah. charge. You're like, yeah. this is what I'm going to do with my yeah. life. I'm going to yeah. be on missions and yeah. do this thing. And, yeah. and, uh, and of course, you know, like support always, yeah. I was always like, all right, cool. Yeah. That's crazy. And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, man, I really fucked that kid up. Dude. Like, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I never, but thought- I just knew you weren't even having the fun that everyone was. Yeah. You didn't get yeah. it. You didn't yeah. get it at all. Yeah. I think it was homeschool and too logical. I, I think I remember being at one of those parties and I think it was the younger sister of Laura. She was out front and the bong was flowing heavy in this in this house. And she was like, she was I went out front because I wasn't just vibing. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And she was like, and she was really like anxious and stressed. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I have a track meet tomorrow and I don't want to smoke pot. And I said, Well then Put don't the bong down. Yeah. Well, she wasn't. She was out front trying to avoid it. Oh, right. And I just looked at her and I said, well, don't. And she was like, 
oh my gosh, that's like the most insightful thing I've ever heard, you know? And then we just like sat on that front porch and like talked for 30 minutes while all the other kids were like taking hits off the bong. And to me, it was like, well, if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. And for her, it was like this, like, you know, life changing peer pressure yeah, scenario. Yeah. It was, it was bizarre. Um, but that's crazy. That's yeah. So but crazy. I never, I never, I always, during that phase, I felt like you, like you said, protective. I, I felt like, I felt like you viewed me as a, as a sheltered, weird homeschool kid. And you were trying to just like say, Hey, you don't have to be a sheltered, weird homeschool kid. There's like other stuff to do. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. show you some shit. Yeah. And I remember, I remember you freestyle rapping, which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. God, I'm like, still I doing that. I'm terrible. <laughs> I haven't improved even a little bit. You had your big old like down park coats on and you would get into the center of the party and you, and everybody would be like, yo, you're just going to freestyle. And you'd just like freestyle. And I was like, dude, this guy is next level, next yeah. level. And you introduced me. I remember you first person introduced me to the Beastie Boys. And I thought it was like the craziest, coolest music I've ever heard. So no, yeah. sleep. Yeah. Till till Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. It was awesome. Paul Revere, that was my jam back Dude, then. Dude, I love the Beastie Boys. Me so, too. So the church route happened after my ca- catastrophic loss to Irving in the state semifinals. And I dumped, I blew five match points. Um, and I spiraled into a depression. I mean, like, like dark. I mean, I was two, three weeks despondent. Quit tennis, be a pastor. No, not yet. So I was at high school. And, you know, after the state tournament, there's like two or three more weeks of school left before the summer semester. Right. And they're the worst weeks ever. Oh, they're terrible. They're so, terrible. you know, here I am. I blew the lead. It, it, it was after I was on the front page of the paper and everybody was like, hey, look at this poor kid who's mastered tennis. You know, so there was all this pressure. And I, you and know, and I capitulated out. to the, you know, resistance of succeeding and choked. Right. And it was just a mess. Right. So this this coach, some some random assistant football coach for the Albuquerque High Bulldogs, who, by the way, were 0-20 my two years there. Okay, they, they'd never won a game when I was there. I remember, they were awful. And I don't know why they were so bad. They were horrible. Like Albuquerque. I know. They were terrible. Yeah. So this assistant coach comes up to me, and he's like, he's like, hey, Brandon, um, I paid your way to go to this thing, uh, a summer camp in Estes Park, Colorado. And he was like, it's called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He's like, I think you might... It, you know, if you want to go, he goes, I paid your way and I think you might enjoy it. Because he could tell that I was like emotionally just destroyed from that loss. And so he arranged transportation. He paid my way. And I, I got in this, this kid's truck. There was a couple kids who got together from the area and we drove up in this guy's truck. And that's, that's when, if I was going to, I mean, you might not relate to this language, but that's when I feel like God got a God. hold of my life. You yeah. saw God. Yeah. yeah. It was Talk that week. God. Yeah. And it was a Wyoming football player who was a lineman for the Wyoming Cowboys and right. he was a Christian and he came and he spoke and he said, Hey, he's like, all of you have achieved some level of athletic success at whatever level. And he goes, and you understand that in order to be good at something, you have to, you know, you can't stay out late. You can't, you know, you have to get up early in practice. You have to hang out with Yuri. And he said, in, <laughs> and he said in the same way, if you want to be a good Christian, yeah. You have to do the same thing. You you have to avoid yeah. alcohol. You have to avoid you know premarital sex. You have to and right. for whatever reason it clicked. And it I was, was like, safe for you. I mean, like you're looking at your dad going like this lunatic, well, and like you're looking yeah. at me going like this lunatic. And not to say that like I I dude I just remember, hmm. and I remember you being like I love you so much without saying anything. Being hmm. like I love you so much, but this is not for me. Hmm. And me being like dude, get the hell out of here. Hmm. Hmm. you know what I mean yeah. kind of like that being like yeah. yep I get it like yeah. I didn't want to ruin your life I'm mean, hmm. like if it wasn't fun for you 
These people are really trying to peer pressure you and make yeah. a joke out of you. Yeah. Because Skirla was oh, there. Yeah. Like there was people that you oh, yeah. knew from tennis. Who were trying to climb trying. They were yeah. trying to make you go yeah. like next level. And yeah. I was there going like, dude, yeah. thank God I had at least some social clout yeah. in that circle, circle. Yeah. to be like, dude, yeah. don't fuck with Muth. Yeah. Like, dude, this is, yeah. he's my friend. Yeah. Well, I, I never know? felt, and I always felt like you had the premise, the, the primacy over Skirla and Cunningham and those guys. Like I yeah, felt I did. like I did. Th- those guys were like, they were like clingers on. They were like trying to be cool by association. And I felt like you were kind of like the ringleader of the whole thing. Well, but see, like, at least that was my homeschool interpretation. Dude, that's the reality of it. Okay. But, you know, long-term look back mm-hmm. is like a lot of them just like bound together to be like, yo. Okay. And that's kind of the way the 90s worked. You know, it was okay. like haters, bro. You're like, really? Like, why be haters, dude? Like, yeah. I, like I introduce you to this level. Yeah. Enjoy the level. We could have taken it like a lot of different ways. There's so yeah. many great things could have happened during mm. that era mm. um, between all of us. And yeah. like, you know, some of those guys I'm friends with, some of them I'm not. Um, but I, re- I do remember that. It was pivotal in like my life. Mm. And I remember sitting there with you and going like, man... Mm. That, like, I felt bad a little bit hmm. because I knew that the peer pressure was real hmm. to you. Hmm. Like, you were kind of like, I'm doing it because I like you. Yeah. And um, and you said, like, this is what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But you immediately, you're like, I, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't get it. Yeah. Which, well, by I, all means, like, no matter what it is in life, yeah. if you don't get it, yeah. don't should, do don't it. Don't do it, yeah. Yeah. And I think part of it was tied to the fact that when I was 12, I was like, I'm not going to be my dad, which in my mind set no alcohol. Don't be a drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you so I kind of, I yeah. kind of had that as a foundation of like, I'm not going to drink. Yeah. Um, so when I kind of did it for the first time, I was like, yeah, not, not for me. Yeah. So, my first step towards. Yeah. And right. it wasn't appealing. Right. And then so. you find God. Yeah. And then what's interesting through that right. whole thing, the next couple of years in that, you know, I, I, I interned at the church in high school. I right. volunteered, did all this stuff. And through that process, I actually, like, if I go back and read some of my old journals, mm-hmm. I was, like, way into tennis. I was like, God wants me to play tennis. I'm going to go play college tennis. Like, this is what I want to do. I spent the summer in Nicaragua, and they did this whole thing of, like, how do you know God's will? And, like, the whole thing was, like, came back to tennis. It was like, I'm supposed to go play tennis. And I got home, and I told the church leaders that, and they stinking not to I, I normally don't cuss but they shit all over that they yeah. were like oh you're you're in sin you're backsliding that's sinful you can't play college tennis that's like second rate and you didn't at that point snap to the fact that that's an agenda i didn't because because it, you believe it yeah because well yeah. I, I think too because i was looking for i was i was i was looking for a father figure yeah, you can see it now, though, right? Yeah, You're I can like, see it dude, now. Yeah. Don't use God like oh, that, dude. bro. Yeah, which, which is why, which is why earlier today <laughs> I told good. you God's a lot. Of, good, but don't use him yeah. like that, bro. Yeah. He's not your boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's why I told you earlier today that that's why a lot of people tell me, dude, we can't believe that you still go to church after going through a lot of the crap that you went to in church experience, like actually working there. Yeah, and that. Again, we could bring Hannah down. That caused a whole nother issue because then you're yeah. dealing with like, you're trying to like, like you said, God's God's God, your manipulation of him is, you know. Yeah, garbage. Th- garbage. But right. you, it's easy to like overlay those two. And Especially on a vulnerable person. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But that's no different than any other peer pressure. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's and a great way to put it. passing your agenda on. Yeah. Like being like, this is what I believe. And like, that's look, a dog. great way to put it. It's a pressure that's hardcore too yeah. because you're being vulnerable to accept God in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And you're on this mission of like, yep, that's what I do. Yeah. Like, yeah. as in like whatever religion, but like it's like all the way up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And therefore like you're so vulnerable. Yeah to any kind of influence yeah and if someone takes advantage which they often do yeah you find yourself in those situations it just happens that you're you know you you were lucky enough to i don't know whether it's intelligence or or god himself yeah or herself or however it works right yeah yeah. that um that you found the resolution within yourself to be like i don't need to listen to that yeah yeah. I don't need to listen. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was seeing the underbelly of that whole system. I mean, we were talking about money and power before. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, I was 17 when I started interning there. I was 19 when I became an official youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And you're in that system for seven years and you see the underbelly of like, holy crap. This, this is business. This is business. And this, this dude just built himself a $2 million house. Yeah. And he's driving Range Rovers. You're and like, like who are what you, Jimmy the... Swagger? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what? Tammy Faye? <laughs> fuck is going on here (laughs) rich ass texan fucking yeah yeah it was it was it was definitely panders like panders yeah yeah so it takes the it's a tough one to process when you go into it especially like with rose-colored glasses and vulnerability and all that stuff um you said whether it was my intelligence or or god i mean there's a term in theological circles of providence you know it's god works in mysterious ways you know and his ways aren't our ways and when i look back on that now i'm like Dude, there's so much good stuff that came out of that. I met Hannah at that church. I met Hannah's parents at that church. Um, you know, and Hannah and I are going on 22 years of marriage, and we really, really enjoy time with each other. And we went through bumpy phases in there where it was like, I'm, I haven't, I haven't talked to you about my 18 month like suicidal trough, like where I'd go park on like Sunshine Bridge and like. No, no, we totally went over this. Did we? Okay. Yeah, because I was having a, I was having a hard time. Um, when we found each other again, so okay. to speak, right? Okay. Like, in, in Florida. And I, and I just like, you know, I was vulnerable to you oh, in the backyard. for the first time. Yeah. Because when I was younger, I wasn't vulnerable to you. I was okay. like the boss, okay. right? I was yeah. like, yeah. fuck it, I got we all this We did talk about all this stuff down. over the, yeah. uh, the fire pit yeah. on your Mexican food night. Yeah. 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 yeah we, had a, we had a great talk about yeah. it. Your vulnerability. You're like, dude. And I was telling you, I'm like, man, really? Like, I just see myself this way. And hmm. you were like, dude, you... And Hannah even came out and yeah. she reciprocated. Yeah. And she was like, boy, those times were tough. Yeah. You know, it was like, you were really like, I'm parking. Luckily you can't park on the sunshine bridge yeah. because like, yeah. they don't let you because yeah. that's why people yeah. park there. But you can park at the base. Like the, there's that, like, there's that like you. fishing out. I think <laughs> <laughs> he planned it. Listen to this guy. Sociopath. <laughs> Dude, that, yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah. So no, I didn't. I did. didn't you touch. That. I didn't touch a racket for ten years. Um, yeah, I didn't touch a racket for ten years. I don't blame you. I didn't yeah. touch one forever either. And yeah. when I came back, I came back horribly. Okay. Yeah. Because I came back in Newport Beach, like where, which makes uh, Santa Fe look kind of poor. Well, first of all, it's Southern California where the players are great. Okay. The coaches at this club were some of the best in the world. Scott mm-hmm. Davis. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, like dude, he Grand was Slam world, doubles champion. Talk about like the guy who didn't had a ceiling. Okay, he was the best 
junior. American junior yeah. than ever lived. It's still, I think probably yeah. still is. Yeah. He won everything. Yeah. He got on the professional tour and he and was just in singles. He, he stunk. He's yeah. Of doubles. He did. Okay. Yeah. Doubles. He did. Okay. Doubles. He did. Okay. Yeah. But in singles, he just, he couldn't, he couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And it wasn't talent. It was just whatever ceiling was there for yeah. him. But you know, but by the way, Scott is, I mean, I love the guy to death. I mm. built a great relationship with him there, mm. but I came in with this kind of like, holy crap, these people are here. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Uh, Lindsay Davenport's a member. Like wow. you got like heavy hitters, yeah. um, that are all up in that, uh, situation. And, and it was like, I felt this need to kind of, uh, front okay. on how good I was, okay. um, because I started playing and they're like, you're good. And I'm like, yeah, but I haven't played him forever. And I was, and, and I just, it just never clicked back, hmm. but it was that thing. It was like coming into this environment uh, with tennis again. You're like, man, it's been 10 years, 10 yeah. plus years. I was about 30. Yeah. Right. About yep. somewhere right around there. Yeah. And, um, and I, I wanted it so bad. Hmm. Hmm. I wanted it so bad. Hmm. And, um, it was just, I mean, I did, I played, hmm. I played, hmm. but I was just the angriest hmm. club player you've yeah. ever seen. I was that guy <laughs> yeah. drinking his ass off, like whatever it takes, like okay. just a pain in the ass, okay. wasted talent kind of asshole. Okay. And it was just, it was tough. And and you kind of did the opposite. You kind of came back with this humility and understanding of like your learning and your knowledge. And you're like, I'm going to utilize this. With I, I think so. I mean, the way I look at it, with the caveat that I had a secret ball of like sociopathic Hatred. craving to beat rich people and Irving. No, I, I let go of Irving a long time ago. I, I'm not kidding. I had I woke up in cold sweats multiple times a year with missing that volley. And yeah. his dad actually, we were talking earlier today about parents yeah. back in the 90s talking crap to, to like other kids. Yeah, they bring it up. Yeah, we were at the choke. We were at the year-end awards ceremony like a month after this thing for like best 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 athletes in New Mexico, and Irving and I were there to get honored for tennis. And his dad came up to me. This guy's like 55, 60 this. years old. I remember this. He came yeah. up to me at the banquet, and he's like, "I sure wish you. I bet you sure wish you had that volley back, huh?" Dude, the guy was a dick. I was like, but he made a dick too. Yeah, Irving was <laughs> a dick, bro. I mean, I'll tell him to his face now. I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't know if he's nice now. Like he yeah. had a, he had the ability to be nice. Yeah. He was but actually he, pretty witty and smart. Oh yeah, super. God yeah. was God had some yeah. intelligence, but he was a dick yeah. and a real dick. Like yeah. he he would, yeah, he'd utilize like what he had intelligence wise yeah. and everything else to yeah. really jab it in. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, that was part of the ethos of tennis back then. Mm -hmm. It oh, kind of yeah. was the '90s thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a little bit cutthroat, hip hop. Yeah. Like everyone was kind of jabbing at each other. Yeah. Like. And the parents styles. and parents would get involved all the time. Oh my god, yeah. tennis moms worst oh. era ever. Like yeah. that is the worst era ever. Yeah. Do you, you remember Capriati? Oh yeah, you know, and her dad. Remember yeah. she went on crack. Yeah, yeah. girl went into Florida and yeah. just like went, lost went it, which I completely understand after yeah. living in Florida. Now I'm yeah. like, that's not hard to do. Yeah. yeah, you just like walk on the wrong street. Yeah. And you might be gone for a while. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter do you, who you are. Do you remember the Evaloffs? I don't know if we're going to get like oh. sued for libel for like talking about some of these stories. I mean, it's, they sued happen for libel. This is, this is truth. Yeah, I'm it's not true. lying. Like, they can so, come sue me. So, do you remember the Eveloff twins? No. No, they weren't twins. They were brothers. So, Adam Eveloff was the older one. 
Uh, the name sounds so familiar, okay. but I can't picture so them at all. They were from Scottsdale, and his dad... That's right. They were good, good. Well, the the younger one, Ryan Eveloff, was good. He was he like... Was third in like the Southwest. He was one or two, and he was like top 50 in the country. Yeah, in he was solid. He I was do good. remember that, yeah. Adam Eveloff was his older brother, and he was kind of like the tag-along. Like, oh, well, if, if Ryan's going to get to, you know, drug around these tournaments, yeah. I'm going to just go. But his dad was an executive with the Phoenix Suns. And right. loaded. I mean, they were loaded. Like, Adam Eveloff got a like a brand new eighty thousand dollar Porsche for his fifteenth birthday. That's where the name's familiar too. Okay. The sons. Yeah. So we were at El Conquistador, where yeah. you had your melendrous meltdown. Uh, meltdown. Dude, it was the volley of all time. It was literally a sitter, like a little bit above shoulder high floater dog from Melendrez's crap backhand, and I and wide open, wide open deuce court. And I mean, I gaffed it so hard. It was like I it was like I wasn't even paying attention. I could have made that shot like eyes closed, turned around, drunk, high, like had, dude, had, anything. Had he fallen down like Irving? Dude, he practically <laughs> he didn't need to fall down. It was the same thing. And like, dude, I missed it. He laughed. Somebody on Irving was probably there digging it in. And I just remember looking over. I think Skrilla was there. And I was like, my heart sank. And I was like, <laughs> for some reason at that moment, I knew. I was like, <laughs> fuck. I'm a point of resistance. Maybe that's. So Fail, we, dog. Our, our, our dad. I think I double faulted. That only brought it to deuce. <laughs> I think I double faulted twice. Walked across. Still up a break. Yeah. And then, you know, basically yeah. don't remember anything else. Blackout. Yeah. yeah. Blackout. Yeah. So the universe walk off the court like just kind of want to find the Skyway Bridge. We <laughs> so it's funny that we connected on our dads kind of being the right. poor outcasts and also missed forehand volleys on match points. Dude, such a gaff. So, oh man, that's amazing. So the Evelofs, we're talking about tennis moms, and I just have yeah. to get the story of tennis moms off. Yeah, my yeah, chest. sorry, my bad. No, no. So, so their mom was like the like the typical Barbie mom, like you know, tons I of plastic surgery. Yeah, dude, I like, remember. Yeah, I remember. Fit, that. like dressed inappropriately, like you know, just like weird. Right, milf so, style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And your dad was all about it, probably. Because your dad was, I mean, dude, <laughs> as weird as he was, he was f- fancied himself a ladies' man. Well, the thing with my dad is he's very intelligent, smart. He loves to talk, and he likes, and chicks. he's charming. Yeah, he is. Yeah. You know, so whatever. You just have to get past the fact that he was in like 600-year-old tennis shorts. <laughs> like carrying his car. <laughs> and I pull, love you, Dad, with pull, all my heart. Pulling up do. with the wagon, I the love horse him so and buggy. Much. I told you that. Like oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'll probably like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't. It's, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. So the so, Eveloff mom. So, so Adam Eveloff is there and this, he's playing 16s. Ryan's playing 14s and at remember at El Conquistador you there was that sidewalk there was that main center court the sidewalk went up and then and there down was a the, hall like a yeah and then there hall. was down that super long hall, hall and there was probably a 10, million courts 20 courts maybe yeah so he's halfway down on one of those yeah. center courts and she's down there cheering him on hey honey you know she was very vocal very right. supportive right hey but yeah, also kind of condescending bottom fence like yeah yeah yeah, yeah bottom fence because that's the the windscreen's there mm-hmm. and she's like oh it's okay honey you can do it well he split sets i don't even remember who he's playing he split sets and she comes out on the court and she's got like a little ice chest and like a drink and she's like hey honey you know do you want some of this and he lost his mind he just started like dropping f-bombs calling her the b-word he picked up those little like 
the, cha- right. the changeover chairs, like chucked it Nick Kyrgios style yeah. into the center of the court, grabbed his bags, went Mariah Carey, just walked off, got in his eighty thousand dollar Porsche, screeched out of the parking lot. Oh, that's right. And that's I never, cute. and I never saw him at another tennis tournament ever again. You always saw Ryan, but you, I never saw Adam Evloff at another tournament. And I think his tennis mom just, just he snapped. He just snapped. And it was the weirdest thing ever. I was like, and everybody was just kind of shell-shocked. It was like, dude, we've seen like meltdowns before. We've never seen like a dude cuss out his mom and like throw chairs on the court and get in his Porsche and just peel out. Dude, so, that, that is so crazy to yeah. bring back those memories. El Conquistador, so there's a lot of memories at El Conquistador. Oh my God, dude. I had to check in there by myself. You know, like my dad sent me across the country. First of all, it's kind of weird. Nowadays, you're getting arrested for that. You know, I'm like, well, I was 16 playing the 18s, right? Yeah. I just got my license. I was in that red Toyota. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like cruising across the country trying to check into hotels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Checking into hotels. I'm like, they're like, am I here to check in right now? <laughs> you can't so do that now. Earlier today, you were telling um, a couple of my boys, they were asking stories about how poor... The, the poverty-stricken tennis stories, and you were bringing up the fact that we were talking about shugu and tires and... Yeah. I think yeah. you said something like, you said, you told my kids that that I was so poor growing up that my dad actually, like, constructed tennis shoes out of, like, stuff he found on the side of the road. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I got a little piece of tire, I'm going to glue it together with this, don't worry about it, <laughs> just let me go out to the tent and, like... Forge the fire. I mean, like, dude, you guys, the traveling caravan of gypsies, dude, like for a minute, for a hot minute. And I always appreciated it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I like see past that stuff. And like, I get it. Like sometimes everyone buys on, buys on board, especially with all these rich people being like, are you fucking serious? Like, look, look, here come the Griswolds. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, like, you're like, yeah, but like, you know, I mean, you guys were really trying. Your dad had like, you know, he had that old school spirit. He was stringing your rackets terribly. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and um, like getting things done for you. And like, you know, you guys were running through everything. I, I always remember being like, dude, I'm poor, but this shit is like jacked up. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. my parents made a way to make it happen through yeah. connections for okay. me a lot of times. Okay. Because yeah. I had friends like Skirla or I remember like you traveled the Surreds or like, yeah, Skirla, yeah, the Skirlas loved me and okay. they really took me under their wing and they, okay. they paid a lot for me. They okay. take us to Olive Garden and whatever, okay. like okay. even you, like yeah. well, I remember like going like, yeah. they were very, very nice. I mean, Skirla's dad was a great, like holistic style doctor. Okay. I mean, I love that family, their, okay. their daughter, um, the mom, their dogs. Remember they have those little like yeah. poodle-ish kind yeah. of things. Yeah. And uh, they were just like so. We were so so close. Do you remember the trip we took to El Paso? I remember this girl learning the guitar. Like I mean, I, really? I remember everything about it. I used to stay at their houses all the time. It was it was a beautiful his, thing. His house was around the corner from from San San the, from Santa Fe Prep, where okay. I went to school, yeah. and, and, and St. John's College, and pretty close to some tennis courts. Because I remember St. John's be- College. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember in yeah. between matches, we used to go over there sometimes and play NBA Jam on his Super Nintendo. Yep. And that was, there was like a whole crew. He there. had that little living room that yeah. was like sunken in. Yep. Yeah, yep. we'd get that down. Was tight. Yeah. yeah, it was super good. Do you remember that? And he had the pool, and he had the ping pong table that was super dope in the, in the garage. And his that. mom and dad always had snacks. Like, I thought it was incredible. It was, like a, it was like a vending machine in their house. If you were facing the TV to play NBA Jam, was the ping pong table just directly just behind you into the oh, garage? It was behind. So like you're you're playing TV on NBA Jams yeah. and like that sunken. Like yeah. you come in and you take yep. a right yep. big couch, 
TV NBA jams uh-huh. right behind you was okay. a garage. Okay. And then there was a fridge in the garage with like okay. every drink Everything. you've ever wanted. Okay. I remember being like, they would go to Costco or Sam's Club or whatever it was and buy like all the Gatorades. Okay. And I remember being like, you can get all the Gatorades. This okay. is insane. Okay. And going into the fridge and like, this is amazing. Okay. You know, like the, I, okay. Yeah. And then we play ping pong out there. Like, and, and, and that was like kind of the hangout. I mean, they were the best people. Okay. I mean, really the best people. I remember his mom was super nice. It's before they, they nice. moved out into the woods a little bit later okay. on in life and whatever. Okay. And Skrilla and I like obviously separated and I okay. haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. Um, Somebody told me he was like working for like real world MV, MTV back in the day, like late nineties, early two thousands. He was like working for MTV doing stuff, but I don't yeah, know. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. always like looking for okay. attention. Okay, yeah. Um, and Skrill, I mean, dude, we were so tight, so close. I remember him learning Santana for the first time on his guitar and huh. like uh, doing all the, you know, like all this stuff. It was like we're really, really tight. And I think like we went to school together at prep. Okay, okay. And I was a misfit. Okay. You know what I mean? I was brought into the school. They made a scholarship for me to bring me in. Okay. Because they didn't have a, but I would pass the academics and then I had, I was slated to win districts or state. Okay. And they're like, we want banners in our, in our gym. I got them a district one. I did not get the state banner. Uh, That's when I lost to Spielka in the state. Oh, because he was playing for New Mexico military. Military academy. Yeah. And we were going to be on the same team. My parents gave me the choice. You go to military academy or go to prep. Um, I was like, fuck military academy, man. I can't do this. <laughs> like, I'll get a little bit weird, but let's okay. go to smart school. You know, yeah. I thought I would, and I thought I would jimmy my way out of it somehow, but I, it just, you know, it is what it is. I was always blown away that you didn't play basketball back then because you were like the Dan Marley of high school basketball. Dude, they, they would have let me play prep. Dude, even they the hated state. threes. No, that's true. Because and I could nail them from anywhere. You could hit that. everywhere. Curry. We would go play pickup games, and I was like, bro. I sucked at pickup games because I hated the physical contact. I was like, yeah. I was way too timid, way too skinny, like just yeah. hated it. And we'd go out there and you would just be like knocking down Dan Marley threes. And I was like, how come you're not playing for prep? Like your, your three point shooting was insane. Dude, the state board hated me. Hmm. I switched hmm. schools from Santa Fe high to go to prep and they were, they, they denied my application okay. to be eligible. Oh wow. And then they crushed my last year of eligibility at the same time. Really? And so I wasn't allowed to play. Ah, oh, dude, that it was sucks. heartbreaking, dude. Because I was, dude. I mean, I was on fire. Yeah. like you said, like I nailed threes from yeah everywhere. everywhere. We would go to the the city courts in Santa Fe, and you would just play pickup games, and you would just like knock them down from every single anywhere around the perimeter. You're just yeah, it was automatic. Down. And yeah. you're right, no one liked threes. No, they didn't. It was like it was like if you took more than four threes in a game, it was like whoa, whoa, whoa. What you are you doing? Breaks. Yeah, yeah. But that was the era of Elijah Wan, Shaq, and all those guys. I mean, it was paint banging, Ewing. Yeah, risk free tennis. <laughs> I mean, risk free basketball. Risk free yeah, basketball. basketball. Yeah, no, and, and and like you know, it was all about execution. Like I knew I could nail them. Like hmm. I'm like, dude, put it. Give me the hash mark hmm. near half court, dude. Hmm. I I know the shot. Yeah, yeah. So when my first semester at Albuquerque High after being homeschooled through 10th grade, yeah. I'm walking around the halls like the first couple of weeks and Holzman, the legendary coach that won, you know, however many state titles for Albuquerque Bulldogs, he, he tugs on my shirt and he's like, young man, young man. He goes, I want you on my basketball team. And I was like, I told him, I said, I've never touched a basketball in my life. And he's like, that's okay. I'll teach you. So he gave me the forms and I took them home. And I was like, hey, dad, the coach wants me to play basketball. And my dad was like, hell no. Hell no. Tennis. Tennis only. 
So I went to my other coach, Bob Curtis, oh, who was a lifesaver for me. Bob Curtis was good for you. He was a lifesaver. Like I think yeah. if if I'm so thankful for Bob Curtis, like he's he's probably the biggest tennis influence in my life. I mean, obviously my dad got me started when I was three and like did all this stuff. But I know you could have been great if he was just a little bit better at strategy and, and technique. Who? Bob Curtis. But I think, in terms of life importance. Oh, I think I think and that's just me being directly critical and, okay. and like aware. I'm like, dude, because I, I know. Hmm. I know. Like, I think my take on it is as if Bob would have been better on the breaking through the ceiling mentally. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Like te- yeah. that's that's because he changed about. my game. I used to have big technique and technique. Western, yeah. you know, loopy stuff. And he was like, bro, you're six five, six six as a as a junior, you need to start flattening the ball out. That changed my game. Yeah. But he he lacked that. Dude, you you can do it. Push Next through. Level. You can, yeah. you can succeed. Go succeed. Like he was still on that like fear of like oh you know he 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 wasn't bursting through into the success level. So yeah, he's like yeah. you can make it, but you're not going to. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. So anyway, I I didn't get to play basketball high school basketball either because my my dad and so I went to Bob and I said hey you got to talk my dad into signing these forms. And he was like, no, you're playing just tennis. And then I found out after I graduated that Bob was actually, he played, he was on scholarship at New Mexico state for basketball and tennis. And I was like, <laughs> bro, I went to him after the fact. I was like, how can you do that? You play, you were a two sport scholarship athlete and you wouldn't let me play basketball. And he told me, he's like, well, I would have succeeded a lot more in tennis if I just would have, if I just focused, would have on, focused it. on it. And I was like, Dude, talk about manipulation. Like, get your crap out of my life and just, like, you know, stop trying to overlay, like, what you want. You know what I mean? Isn't that the truth about so much shit? I've tried so hard to not do that with my daughter Hmm. because Hmm. I've experienced it so much. I'm Hmm. like, dude, this is what you thought, Hmm. you Hmm. know? And it's, yeah, like, just like that. I mean, not to say, like, I don't, you could have been good at basketball. Who knows? I mean, I, mean I weighed 140 pounds. You're tall, but you're a stick. Yeah, like it, it's literally. I was six five and 140 my junior year. I yeah. mean, I would have gotten destroyed in the paint, pushed around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a. I eventually developed a soft touch, just kind of screwing around at the gym. But you know, yeah. I I, I don't think being six five and a buck forty, I don't think I would have done all that well. I just don't think you have the frame to be bigger and like you. I mean, you, what you would have had to do is be like a good shooter. Yeah. A good yeah. shooter. And which, a tall one. Which, at that time in, in high school basketball, if you were 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, you were center. center. Yeah. Especially in New Mexico. Yeah, I know. Yeah. you got you're, Mexicans running around. Like dude. They're like 5'4", <laughs> bro. Like, are you kidding me? There's like two I would have been Sean guys. Bradley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were Sean Bradley, dude. God, poor Doing guy. Doing little baby jump hooks. Poor guy, Sean Bradley. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, right? Yeah. I know. So, I have a surprise. Okay. Um... Which I told you about. I told you I had a little surprise here. Um, you want to take a break real quick before you show it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's take a. I'm gonna break. hit. Um, I'm just gonna stop it, and then we'll start a new file, and I'll just we'll just smash them together in the post. Dude, yeah, we can put them together however yeah. you like.